on the show today, we've got Peter, Bjorn, and John. Now, you may know Peter, Bjorn, and John from their song, Young Folks. It's their most well-known song. Demi loves it. It got her through tough times in high school. <laughs> um, but, high school's always a tough time. You know? Yeah. But they have a really, you know, they, they've been around for more than 20 years or right around 20 years. And they've released several albums. They have a lot of great songs. They're really consistent. If you listen to a Peter Bjorn and, and John album, you know, they're, they, um, they don't have any like horrible mistakes in their catalog. You know, some artists have the album they would like to forget, but that is not uh, the case here. Uh, they have spent the last two or three years just pumping out uh, tons of new music. They released uh, an album, Endless Dream, uh, in uh, early last year, and they just followed it up with Endless Play, which is sort of the, the EP uh, supplement to that album. I had an amazing Swedish roommate, um, and she like absolutely, you know, growing up in, in New York City was just, there's a lot of rowdy people, crazy people, but the Swedes have this just like serenity to them. I can't explain it. You know, they're pure Swedes as people. are Swedes are very, um, well, Scandinavians in general, they're very attractive people. Oh they're, yeah. They all look the tall, same too. They're tall. They're, you know, they're just like, you know, attractive. They have, they have good genes. The, the Scandinavians have good genes. And Demi, you know, we're taking a tour around Scandinavia. We had boy Pablo on a few shows oh, ago yeah. and he's uh, of course Norwegian and now we're in Sweden. And so now we need to find a Finnish band. Ooh. You know, a uh, if you know any Finnish bands that you can recommend listeners. Definitely. You know what we need to do? We need to have some kind of like uh, sweepstakes email where people, some kind of email where people can just, you know, email tips or we need to do contests. We need to like interact with our, our listeners more. Demi, we need to, you know, like if we had Jordan and Demi show at some email address or people could like, you know, uh, email in a listener questions, we could like say like so-and-so is going to be up. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, I'm super down for that. Um, I want to talk about like the phenomenon of one thing about why, how do we even know about this random place that gave birth to this amazing band, right? The phenomenon of when an indie or alternative artist writes a song by accident and it somehow makes its way to radio and to the mainstream, you know, like, and why is that so important and so much bigger than the band striking gold? And it's, it's crazy because I remember hearing young folks on the radio, um, not really having, I think I was really young, um, but not really having been exposed to, you know, finding cool bands on, on the internet yet. And it's, it's really, it's wonderful because being exposed to the mainstream, to different kinds of sounds and different kinds of genres, you know what I mean? So newer generations are then able to hear something different than the same top 40 on billboard being rotated like a freaking pig on a stick. You know what I mean? Um, and it's wonderful. I don't know. I, I just, I love when that happens. I love when that happens. Bjorn is uh, trying to adjust the microphone Are they in the here. studio? This is like a really cool place in the back. Hello. 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 <laughs> how are you doing Bjorn? Good, how are you? Excellent. 
Excellent. And we always love when someone interview when someone uh, does an interview from their home studio because we get to see a little glimpse into their world. What time is it over there? Um, five p.m. Uh, they're six. They're in uh, Central European time. They're si uh, six hours ahead of us. And Where are you at? We are in New York City. We're in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And so do you, you got like an analog synth situation going over there? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Around here. It's uh, doing that stuff. And oh, wow. So there's Hans and a little more right. stuff over here. All right. This yeah. Is this your like home studio? Is this a studio that you uh, mainly work at? This is uh, not my home, but where I work every day, yeah. Are you a big gear collector? Do you, do you find yourself collecting strange analog instruments from the 60s or anything like that? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a newest friend is these drums here. All right. Wow. So, no, I, um, I started so early, so nothing in the computer sounded good when I started making music. So um, everything was hardware and, I, you know, just kept on buying stuff, I guess. Um, well, okay, so now um, there are three of you guys. Yeah, we're, we're slowly getting the bands in here. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Hey. <laughs> we have the whole band yeah. here, Peter, Bjorn, and John. And before we get started, because this is a podcast, we do have a, a video version, but this is a oh. podcast. So if you could, I'm going to just say your name and you say hi. So Peter, say hi. Hi. There's Peter in the red and uh, Bjorn. Hello. Hi. In the studio with all the hand drums. And then we've got John. Hi. <laughs> and John is with the glasses and the cool guy mustache. Ew. Yes. <laughs> You guys have been so busy. You guys have recorded so much music in the last few years. What is with the output of creative energy? Where did all this, uh, all these songs and all this creative energy come from? <laughs> You're right, though. You're right. There, there was, I looked in my calendar and it was like, was it only like, I can't remember, two, three years ago we did this for that. that and that was like two albums back or something. I was actually amazed so we, we had some output for sure but um what happened we, was it from the break or was it from i don't know the food we ate i don't know i think uh, we worked on this album uh, breaking point for four years and uh, we said we we're never going to work on an album that long again so wow we made we made sure for darker days that it was going to be swift and uh, like we used to in the old days and got inspired from that process and said, we, we might as well continue recording, you know, cause we were, we're in the zone. So we never really stopped after darker days. We just kept on, we did an EP in between yeah. and then went straight into endless dream and now this EP. So we just, you know, cause if you take breaks, you forget how to do it sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. 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 So this new EP, uh, is it a supplement kind of to Endless Dream? Like how is it related to your last full album? Yeah, I think it was a similar thing to Darker Days. We did an EP called, uh, what was that called? EPBJ, mm. it's a good name. Uh, 
and those were songs that was written around the same period as Darker Days and sort of working around the same themes. And so this is a similar thing. The songs we worked on at the same time as Endless Dreams and they have like similar threads to the album. So yeah, it's a similar, it's like an um, encore or a supplement as you said, yeah. When I got the call that said we were gonna have you guys on the show, I was literally screaming because um, let's take it back to young folks. Um, so major. I remember hearing that on the radio and I was like, what is this? This is something unlike I've ever heard before. Um, I, I grew up in New York City. So, and I just remember me and my friends, it was our favorite song, like our favorite song. And it's one of those songs that are just so timeless. Um, whenever I hear it being played, it just, I get that same feeling of nostalgia and like, I just want to bump. Um, tell me about how that song changed your life. And when you were writing that song, did you realize like, okay, I'm making magic right now. Um, this is about to be crazy. Did you even realize that when you were writing the song? No. No. <laughs> and for sure, we didn't know what crazy was or, you know, we didn't have like, uh, we were sort of in Sweden. We wanted to make maybe us, you know, some impact on our friends and you know immediate immediate family and um also not being embarrassed playing songs you know sort of that thing maybe selling two 250 albums or something so it was it wasn't in our it wasn't even outside the box it it wasn't it wasn't even a box it wasn't it was nothing you know, that's your most well-known song, but obviously you have a really robust catalog of other music. Um, you have, you're celebrating, the reason you're doing this, the reason you're out here is that you guys are, you hit the 20, you hit the 20 year mark. Why do you think you guys have stayed together for 20 years? What has kept the band together? It's a mystery to us too, but <laughs> like every year is a bonus. Every month is a bonus, but, but, uh, I mean, part of the reason is, of course, the song you mentioned, Young Folks, and we, we did two albums before that that no, not a lot of people heard. And uh, we said, we're going to do one more album. And then everything else was a bonus. And of course, that took off. So then we made another album. And you know, you, you get inspired from touring, playing shows and learning new things, making new records, and, and you get inspired from each other. So I think that's the part of the reason we kept so long is probably big, big, you know when you when you played for 10 years together and then 12 years and 13 and 14 you have this uh, accumulated uh, um, thing that you can't really do with other people like when we get together in a room and play it sounds in a certain way and you have to be around each other for so long to make that happen so I think that's part of the reason sometimes when you argue a lot and, and you think ah we're gonna stop tomorrow and then you realize when you record a song and it feels really good or you play a good show that yeah this is something special that we you know come across and we stumbled into so that's why i think we kind of we almost broke up like numerous times but we it's decided like not to <laughs> yeah yeah definitely the chemistry yeah. though it's undeniable yeah, yeah but also i will say as the way that we stuck with our indie uh, genre or the way of looking out on ourselves as an indie band. We have never had any A&Rs or uh, managers forcing us to do stuff. So we've been 
sort of in charge and uh, looking on the music as something independent that we want to do, we have stuff to explore. So that's why we also I think we're, we keep going for, because there's still stuff to explore within this trio, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and how do you guys feel? I mean, be honest. How do you guys feel about young folks after all these years? Do you hate it? Are you tired of it? Are you proud of it? What, what's your general feeling about the song? Uh, I mean, you can be tired of it certain days, and but you're always proud of it. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it changes over the years. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite songs ever. Just, yeah. just you know, literally <laughs> the top 10. Thank it's you. it's it's part of your life, regardless of whether you want it to be or not. I guess. Yeah, 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 and it's um, it's a sta- it's a standard. So I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, too. it is. It is yeah, kind of like yeah. a, an alternative rock standard for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I honestly, my favorite album of yours is "Gimme Some," which was wow. uh, a few years after Writer's Block. I really like that album. Um, so you get when you guys finish Writer's Block. I know you. I know it wasn't completely like there was some stuff in between writer's block and gimme some. Um, but what was your approach to? I because I felt like there's a, there's a few songs on gimme some that are they're almost as well known as young folks. I guess the feeling was we wanted to we we we, we had been touring a lot, of course, after writer's block, and we wanted to make more of a like a power pop album with like sounding like one guitar you know, bass, drums, and vocals. And I, I, I'm not sure if that was like a, the, the best, like commercial, off, you know, way to go. We go from Lust, and, and as Bjorn said, when we play, did the Living Thing album, we were out touring with Depeche Mode. And in between those arena opening act shows, we did some really small shows in the cake shop in New York and stuff like that. And then we- uh, realized once again, ah, we're a pretty good punk power, power punk, power pop band. So I think that came from that reaction against that uh, tour with Depeche Mode that we wanted to make something small. Just uh, yeah, so. it was also that we had these really big keyboards with with us on that Living Thing tour, <laughs> with a lot of samples of weird stuff we did in the studio that we tried to recreate just as a free piece, and they Another were super. Word. They were super heavy and uh, like <laughs> terrible to carry around and never worked. So, so I think that was part of the reason too. Let's go back to just guitar, bass, and drums. And the thing with Gimme Some is it's quite similar to a lot of stuff we did before Writer's Block as well. So it's sort of back to our roots, you know. So it's 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 our basic primal scene, and then we go from there. So I think people catch up on that and like that that they can tell that it's a natural thing maybe I don't yeah, know. yeah 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 now uh peter you and you and bjorn were in a we're in a group we're in a band together before the trio correct yeah a couple of bands <laughs> yeah so so how did it go from you guys in a couple of bands you know uh doing stuff to bringing john in and making what we know as peter bjorn and john how did that unfold uh, well, we broke up the other band we were in at the time and we just moved to Stockholm as well from a smaller town. So for a while we just wrote songs and did some demos, but then eventually we figured we have to have a drummer because we can't play drums. 
So we actually had um, auditions, <laughs> but, but uh, maybe maybe John can say something about this. I know Bjorn met John at a shrimp party or something. If, can yeah. you fill in here? Like, what's what was the what was shrimp party? Shrimp, shrimp like from the ocean. Yeah. 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 Typical Swedish thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's definitely something we don't have in New York. We don't have shrimp parties in New York. <laughs> uh, what I happened at the party? Yeah, I think Bjorn thought I was okay to audition because we both liked the My Bloody Valentine Loveless album. <laughs> and Bjorn maybe thought, yeah, he might be all right if he likes that. Kind of so stuff. you bonded over shoegaze. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, we knew each other be before, but but we didn't really think of John as a drummer because he was playing percussion and other, other yeah. things. And we were actually in the local music store, like taking, you know, like ads down to find a drummer. <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you have like the little, the little phone number, the little phone the number? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Some, and we tried some guy out that was just terrible. And then, <laughs> It's like anyone that loves my bloody Valentine must, must you know, must be better than than these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was pretty fun audition as well. It was in a cellar basement way uh, of Stockholm, uh, and for the entire audition, Peter didn't say a word to me. So I thought, like, okay, I'm not gonna play with these guys. But then I heard like two months later that he had an infection in his throat, so he couldn't speak. So I just thought it was an asshole, but it was a <laughs> disease, actually. <laughs> it was kind of an asshole anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. quite, quite an asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what about these shrimp parties? Like, is this a real thing? Do you guys just eat shrimp? What's going on? <laughs> like, Tim, Timmy's going back. Timmy's stuck on a shrimp party. <laughs> The thing is that our first concert to, or one of the first concerts was yeah. also on a shrimp boat. Um, <laughs> and we, we got, we were paid in shrimps. What? This is not, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> we were paid in eating shrimps. Um, in cocktails. Yeah. yeah. In shrimp cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> and we worked hard to get that gig too. We didn't get it for a month. <laughs> well, I, I hope the shrimp was at least quality shrimp because it was fresh. If you're in a fr if you're in a shrimp boat, it's got to be fresh. I, I don't know. I, I never had fresh shrimp. So. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, jo all joking aside, serious question though, uh, Peter, I want to ask you um, about your vocal style. Uh, you know, when I listen to you. It kind of has a, um, a kind of a late 70s, early 80s, post-punk inspired. That's kind of what I think about. You have a little Elvis Costello in your vocal style, I feel like. So, um, first of all, did you always sing in English? And where did you draw inspiration for the way you sing? Uh, well, I guess, I mean, I, I, I've always been singing um, since I was a small kid. I remember that now because my, my, my son is seven and he screams a lot. So he has a, you know, <laughs> he's got a sore throat. You think he's, he's, he's caught a disease or something, but he's just screaming a lot. And I did that too. So I had a lot of like, <clears throat> you know, a really like um, sexy voice as a kid. 
so I think I think that helps because uh, as I've learned through the years, the singing is, is is like sports, it's muscles. So mm-hmm. if you start by screaming a lot, that's a good education. But apart from that, I just uh, you know I listen to records all the time, and as a, as a kid, it was lots of as you probably picked up on lots of 60s music that was in the 80s so I was completely out of touch but I was only listening to 60s music in the 80s uh, basically apart from some radio so I mean that that's the sort of voices I caught up on and then a bit later as you mentioned Costello too I think before the band started I was on a big Costello binge for a couple of years so yeah I mean that, that that's the thing you now now you don't even think about that you just sing and sometimes I think it's important to to try to sing in different voices because there's nothing like a natural voice you might think you have a natural voice because you've been singing all your life and you you know you 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 um, often end up in a certain voice but there isn't such a thing as a natural voice it's all acting so you can try to do an Elvis and you can try to do a I don't know whatever like different types of voices and um, so she should do that more. We should all do that more. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you kind of you kind of like emulate who you like, and then eventually you find your own voice based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. If there is such a thing, as I said, I mean. <laughs> yeah. 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 So isn't all art and music like mimicking? You're you're trying to sound or write or copy something else, and I think isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Making your own. You guys are from Sweden. Tell us about the music and art scene. What was that like growing up over there? Like, bring us into your hometowns. Um, and what were you guys inspired by in terms of making music? Yeah. Like, what did you have access to as kids? Was everything from the U.S. or the U.K.? Did you have Swedish music that you listened to? Uh, I guess we're all from. I guess I know we're all from smaller towns and where I lived there was no record shop where you had to like you had to mail order you know cassettes and take no off way. other people and no so you had, to, like, you had a little um, a little brochure that you you know sort of you mailed in what you need and then like two weeks later you, you got a, a package with records so that you know it was it was sort of hard to be it was both hard and, and easy to be cool because no one else had those records anyway, you know. <laughs> so if you if you bought records, it was easy. But but um, and I guess uh, you guys probably have the same. Or I don't know. What, did you do that to Ginsha? Uh, we we actually had the records on on the gross in the grocery store. <laughs> oh, nice. So <laughs> you took the ones uh, with the coolest covers. <laughs> Usually hard rock, heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, when you, yeah, I guess when you think of uh, Sweden, you think Scandinavia, you think of, of metal. Um, did you were you guys metalheads at any point uh, when you were kids? Well, we grew up. It was a big fight between hard rockers and synth poppers. Oh, okay. You were either the <laughs> either hard rocker or or synth guy. Uh, so it was pretty easy <laughs> at that point. Which which one were you? Yeah, I was a hard rocker, but I, in, by, I tried uh, or 
at home, I listened to synth when no one could hear me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, no, Peter, he, do you listen to folk music, right? Or nah, I was, I, was, I was neither. I, was, um, I listened to some synth on, on the radio. I had to admit that. I had like an Alphaville single and a um, Howard Jones single. But apart from that, it was all, you know, guitar pop music and, and some rockabilly and, yeah, like older 60s music. That was all Is there I was any listening. punk scene over there? Is there like some sort of punk hardcore scene at all in Sweden? Or is it non-existent? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, hardcore bands yeah. up in the north of Sweden where, where I'm from. There was some small cities that had a big cluster of, but it's a bit later, but it's Emocore and... The, and uh, straight edge in uh, Umeå with refused and all that stuff. So, uh, but not exactly, we were never part of a scene uh, in our small hometowns because there was no one to play with. <laughs> not for no, me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think that's a similar experience we have, which is maybe even though we have a lot of difference in our background, that, that's a similar thing we, because we all come from really small rural villages in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, where I came from, it was all about sports and uh, driving around in old American cars, actually, like greasers. You know, oh, like, like hot rods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's, that, that, was, that was big. So I think that, that's sort of why I draw a bit of inspiration from Chuck Berry and Buddy Holly and that stuff, because yeah, people totally listened, like, listened they, they, they were into that, you know. Like American graffiti type stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think the ground, what we're talking about is what we like, but what we heard and what people liked in those towns was more like uh, blues rock and, you know, yeah. old school, like what you said, Chuck Berry and, and sort of retro 50s stuff, you know. Basically, yeah. that's the most popular probably still you know Bjorn I, I was I you know your your bass is so heavy um first of all was bass your first instrument um uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm glad you can tell too uh it's not I started playing bass uh, in, uh, I started playing bass because it was my second instrument actually because uh uh, you had, we went to school, music school, and when we were like uh, 16, 15, 16, and then you have to pick a second instrument, so I picked bass, right? But, but I started playing bass more in the band because it was um, easier than playing keyboards, which I played when I grew up. So um, I don't know why I started playing that like flat one. I, I don't know, how, I don't know what happened, but, but um, you know, you pick up like a, Hagstrom or something, you know, for by chance, and then I don't know. It's just well, we bought some frame from the famous base. Maybe has got something to do with. It. I don't know, you know. Oh yeah, that, maybe yeah. That you that you bought, you know, like yeah, yeah. Just something you get, and then you adapt to playing that within. I only played bass with Peter Bjorn John, so I don't have any a style when I'm not playing with you know with Peter and John. So so it's all you know. When I play with them, I, I play so so it's built on John's drumming and Peter's guitar playing. And I mean, obviously, you have other instruments, other sounds on your albums, but that core trio of the bass, the drums, and the vocals is what you're known for, and it's you've stayed true to that sound 
Um, was there a conscious decision to say, we're not going to expand, we're not going to, you know, have a fancy guitarist come in and be part of the group, be the fourth member. We're going to keep this trio tight and we're going to keep this sound. Was there a, was there a conscious decision to keep it, to keep that going that way? I mean, on the early, really early shows, we usually had a keyboard player live, uh, like playing like a Farfisa organ or something, circling back to the attractions and yeah, because we have because we had a lot of that style that Bjorn played on the first two records, uh, so we had that live. But then you know, at some gig we couldn't bring bring the keyboardist along or something, or, the, or we didn't have the money to pay them. I don't know. We just started playing without the keyboard, and uh, it worked out really fine. And then, uh, then of course, much much later on uh, the Breaking Point tour, we had some extra players live because the production on that album was so lush so we wanted to try it out but the thing is when we play live um and it's just the, the free instruments the dynamic becomes so big so every little thing you you do matters and if i throw in like an overdrive box or something and suddenly the sound becomes huge like the, or you can just go down in the verses and like you know it's it's very and it's very free too it's like a jazz little jazz group because you can just play off each other. And as soon as you bring in more people, it becomes more complicated to do that and becomes less free. And, and I don't know, it's just, you don't, it's no really point. In the studio, we can do whatever we like, I guess, but it's really no point in trying to play the record live, I feel, but. Is that a yeah. CD collection behind you? There's some CDs there, yeah. What's your favorite, yeah. what's your favorite album? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just a small percentage of my CDs. Whoa. <laughs> it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks is, so neat, neat and organized. Are you a neat yeah, and organized yeah. person? Uh, not really, but, but uh, I, I do like, I'm not people for throw away CDs now, but I don't do that. But, but the thing is, I have the vinyl in the living room. They, they're allowed, the vinyl and the box sets looks, that looks nice can be in the living room. And then here I have the digi packs, you know, that looks a bit better. Yeah. And then in and then in the wardrobe I have the jewel cases. So it's right like uh, this. This, <laughs> this is the bedroom. In, in You're in my bathroom. bathroom. Right? Yeah, I, I feel uh, I feel like I'm getting an intimate view. <laughs> <laughs> but I could oh, wow. I could never pick a favorite album. That's like impossible. I don't know. I, it was a nice but, try though, Demi. We really appreciate <laughs> the attempts. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we, we talked about the being an interview that you guys have been, uh, recording a bunch of music and, and you had this, this, this free flow, creative energy going, what are you guys working on now? I obviously, uh, uh, Bjorn, you're, you're in the studio. What are you, are you guys making another album or are you guys just kind of enjoying the time off? What, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, we haven't started another album, but I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, it, this year become, became so weird because, uh, as you said, we're celebrating 20 years and we had some shows lined up and, and uh, there's something about putting out an album and not playing the songs live that makes it less satisfying. Yeah. But, and, but, and, but, and you can't do, you can't do TV. You can do no. Zoom interviews, but there is, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you guys have done uh, in-person interviews. Doing in-person interviews is different than over Zoom. It just feels more intimate or something you're not you're not a fan of the in-person interviews you enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah but it, yeah. yeah but there's some other stuff we 
put on the list before. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Understandable. But during the coronavirus, um, what was that like for you guys to just put out an album during? Yeah, I guess it did come out right before the shutdown. So yeah. you had to. It was, um, it was uh, the day, I think, U.S. shut down for for us to go anywhere but um up to, to the u.s and also we were on national tv talking about our album sort of this that day was the day it sort of became super oh serious and we sort of huh, yeah we got a new album <laughs> you know and uh, and also the virus yeah it's so it's crap you know but but it, it was sort of a weird um, that day especially if you can remember that for sure and then we yeah. were supposed to go to the u.s on monday and that didn't happen then. So, so it was exactly when, when it happened. Yeah. I guess the good, good thing about it was that we never went to the States because we would have been stuck in a hotel for a month. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck in America. <laughs> Out of all the places yeah. during coronavirus, yeah. America is not oh the place God. to be stuck. I thought in the beginning that people were going to, that was, it would be a good thing because people could really take in the album for a long time and really have it ingrained <laughs> in them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, but then he has continued, you know, so it's like, now I don't know. You guys are <laughs> our first Swedish group on the show. Um, and I personally don't know many Swedish acts, um, you know, that me and my homies know. Um, do you guys consider yourself, are you guys in Sweden considered like, heroes you know what i mean yeah you know, the guys that made it <laughs> yes really? yeah, you, you, get, you get free meals wherever you go wherever uh, restaurant yeah. you go to it's just Absolutely. yeah a lot like that <laughs> i think you circle that in a nice way as big as drake is in canada peter Bjorn, and john are in yeah. sweden people every day who asks me are you still in that band that you who are you well we certainly know yeah we know who you are <laughs> before we let you go i want to ask maybe it won't get a, get an answer from you guys but i have to ask now that you you've been in this band for 20 years do you have a favorite peter bjorn and john song each of you, can you can you name name your favorite song from from your catalog? You can start. Um. <laughs> or maybe an era, maybe a, a, <laughs> a group of songs. You get to put oh, well. it in eras or eras. Well. Yeah. Let's uh. do. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> who has a song? Anybody? Does anybody have a uh, a favorite song from your catalog? Like one yeah. that you just enjoy uh. playing? Yeah. Or our, here's another angle to that is, what song do you like playing live the most? I, I think uh, I, like, I li always like, uh, I, don't, I Know You Don't Love Me from Give Me Some. It's the last track on, I think, on that album because it's so free and, uh, you know, it's, it's it was made in the studio to be played by us. And there was, I guess, two takes and no real rehearse. It was more like a... I don't know it's just open an open song so that that's that's my that's a good one that we that, that I like I know you don't love me I have a favorite I think I, I'm I'm actually we haven't spoke about that album but uh, I think Darker Days is uh, probably my favorite album is because uh, it's got a tone on the whole album and and uh, the last track on that album Heaven and Hell I think uh, 
for me, that's uh, that's a favorite track for the moment. Well, well, Darker Days must have felt like a breath of fresh air after all the work you went through on Breaking Point. Yeah. So I I can see where that where you. Uh, I think you can hear that it's it's interesting again as you you feel the tension on uh, on the songs on Darker Days. So I I like that album a lot. And Peter, mm -hmm. which song do you enjoy singing the most? Oh, oh Jesus. <sighs> um, well, I, I, I was going to say, when you, when you said like favorite songs, I was almost going to say the song that John said, Heaven and Hell, but that, that's one of, that John sings, but that's one of my favorite songs too. It's, it's amazing. And then uh, I was, when you said favorite era, I was going to like go around the, what Bjorn said. Like give me some for the live thing, and uh, another one that is really—I'm not answering your question. I'm answering a bunch of questions because <laughs> I, I might answer your question in a, in a while. But up against the wall is one of my favorite songs to play live. But maybe not for the singing, but for a similar reason that I know you don't love me is that it's free and it's long and it's grooving and you know it's a good live song. And then my favorite album is probably the new one. And that's a cliche, but I think it sounds so good and it's got such a good vibe. And, and um, it's hard to say, you know, if there's a song on this new album that would be great to sing live, but, but maybe Simple Song of Sin, maybe. The album's great, the EP's great. Um, I feel like uh, there's a track on Endless Dream called Reason to be Reasonable, which I feel like should be in a romantic comedy somewhere at yeah, some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun to sing. That's a fun song to sing. And, and can I say another one? That's sure, really fun go ahead. To sing. It's a cover we did on our second album called Teen Love uh, by a band called The Concretes, some friends of ours. And uh, it's quite similar to Reason to be Reasonable in a way, but it's a cover. And uh, that's exactly that sort of new wave singing you're talking about. All right, guys, thank you so much for talking to us. We appreciate your time. Congratulations on all the thank new music, you. on 20 years of being together, of tolerating each other for all these years <laughs> and getting along. That's, that's <laughs> an accomplishment yeah. right there. Thank you. Thank guys. you so thank much. You guys. Thank you. Thank all you. right, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, yes. take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. See ya. See ya. How do you, how do you leave? Okay, there you go. Just hit so. uh, in. He said, how do you leave? <laughs> I like how you you like pushed the shrimp boat thing. Dude, like, what is that? Like you're Maybe like, I'm starving. You're like shrimp, shrimp party, and you're like, wait, hold on, tell me about these shrimp parties. <laughs> Are you? But gonna... That's crazy. What is that? Shrimp parties. I mean, over here, we don't have. Well, that. They probably think some other part kind of party that we have is weird. Okay, so we are good. Um, do you want to do the outro? Outro. Yeah. Thank you to our guests, Peter Bjorn and John. This is It's Real with Jordan and Demi. It's presented by Pop Dust. Go to popdust.com for an archive of all of our past shows. And you can find me on Instagram at Demi underscore Ramos. And you can find Jordan at Jordan Edwards Studio.